Hey, welcome to A Loner's Guide to the Galaxy. I'm Sean, the loner in A Loner's Guide to the Galaxy. So shortly after COVID-19 broke out, I decided that it was time to take a break from social media. And after a few days, I noticed that every time I unlocked my phone, my thumb would press the screen where the Facebook icon used to be. So I thought about how I could channel this energy in a productive way. And this led me to keeping a journal consisting of a collection of thoughts, feelings, and experiences. Eventually, the idea came to turn those journals into a podcast. This podcast will take you, the listener, on that ride with me as we journey through the galaxy in my mind. The purpose of this podcast is to inspire, uplift, and empower. I hope that you enjoy listening to it even more than I enjoy creating it. This episode is brought to you by Indigo Creative, a development firm that specializes in designing, developing, and executing creative concepts and ideas, harnessing the power of the imagination in a way that is innovative and disruptive. If you'd like to connect, send me an email at alonersguide at theageofindigo.com. I'd love to hear from you. Episode two, trust the process. Get excited about the future. The experience that you have desired for so long is on the way. Even in the moments when you feel like things are falling apart, remember that it all brought you to this moment, to this version of yourself. It was all a part of the plan. Yo, welcome back guys. This is episode two of A Loner's Guide to the Galaxy. Appreciate you for joining me here again so uh, before we get started um if you tuned into the first episode thank you thank you thank you uh, i appreciate you for taking the time i hope that you enjoyed it uh, for those of you who are new um you know this is a pr- pretty free-flowing uh type of podcast you know so i'll tell stories i'll reflect um and i'll kind of think out loud and so my hope is that you find something useful there um I love to connect with you, so feel free to send me an email at alonersguide at gmail.com. Now, that email will change once the website's officially up and all that good stuff. Um, But until then, that's how you can get a hold of me. All right, so let's get started. So the first, um, this episode again is called Trust the Process, right? And, you know, it's... I understand that it's hard to trust the process when you're in the process, especially when you're in the beginning stages of of the process. And the process is really um, made up of all of the experiences, right, that lead you to your ultimate goal, um, that ultimate vision. And that's just my, um, from my perspective, you know, but looking back over the process, the one thing that um, I found to be true is there are no losses, you know, in the process. There are only lessons. Um, and so everything that you experience, you know, during the process is preparing you. And, you know, as I was thinking back over uh, some of those past experiences, right, that I considered losses, what I eventually realized was that. Um, I was looking at it the wrong way, 
right? I needed to shift my perspective because they weren't losses. They were just experiences that I decided to call losses, right? But these were also some of those pivotal moments in my life that really um, brought me to this moment, you know? And they, they helped to kind of shape and mold me into um, who I am. And so I've learned to trust the process more, you know, but it's not, it's not an easy um, thing to do. And like I said, it's not until you come out on the other side of your struggle, right? And then you're going to be able to, to use everything that you went through to your advantage, because really that's the point of some of the experiences is to give you a different perspective or a different way of looking at things or you know maybe it's just an experience that allows you to say you know what i'm not going to go that route again or i won't do that again you know these are things that prove to be invaluable at certain points along the way right it's like thank god i went through that experience early on because now when the stakes are really high you know i know what matters and i know what doesn't um and so just trust the process like no matter what it looks like you know do your best to trust it um and to learn to trust it and i found that trusting it became easier you know once i shifted my perspective but you know again a lot of what i thought were my biggest losses are what brought me here you know to you even you people listening i mean i'm you know talking about some of those experiences on this podcast and so i didn't know you know all those years ago uh, I mean, some of them are pretty recent experiences, but for the ones that were, you know, some time ago, I was a little bit younger, um, a little bit more naive in certain ways, you know, um, I mean, I thought these were some significant, you know, losses, but it turns out they're content, right? So, um, you know, I talked about it in the first episode about being a consultant and what that experience was like. And I thought that was it. I thought that was my calling. I thought that was what I was supposed to be doing, right? And I was a little bit off. Some of the skills that I picked up along the way were supposed to be used um, and are being used currently, right? To do what I'm really called to do. Um, and so these experiences that didn't feel good at the time are actually the things and the experiences that led me to my calling, right? It's all about the 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 process of discovering who you are right what you're made to do what you're meant for um and so it's really a beautiful thing once you go through it and, and become a little more comfortable with it and as you go to each new level there's going to be discomfort um but it's like anything else you know you you get used to it and then you you build that muscle you grow and then you go on to the next level um so again and looking back it's only a loss if you don't learn from it you know so always take the time to reflect on your experiences and um, try to take something away from them you know you'll be better for it I spend a lot of time reflecting and and to be quite honest I really didn't know how to reflect initially right I would reflect on past experiences and just beat myself up constantly right about what I should have done what I could have done um, how it could have been better you know, well, maybe this would have happened if maybe the end, you can't, you can't do that to yourself. Everything happens as it should. You know, you may not see the significance in it now, but you know, it, it's, it's, it's really all a part of the process. You really will be better for it. And your perspective will evolve and shift. Like I told you, as you move through these experiences, you know, I mean, that was my, that's what happened to me. You know, the things that I thought that I knew 
even in the beginning stages of my own spiritual awakening, you know, aren't things that I necessarily subscribe to now. And so being open enough with the process and trusting the process enough to know that it's okay for that perspective to shift, you know? Um, so again, no, no losses, only lessons. And here's the beautiful thing about the process. Everything that you're going through in the process is literally to be used to your advantage. That's what it's for, right? Your job is to figure out, uh, is to take the gems out, you know, is to figure out what parts of the experience are, you know, um, you're supposed to be using to your advantage or, or what parts of the experiences that you're having, you know, are really um, setting you up for some serious success down the road, you know. So you guys know I, I love a, a story. I got to give you some background, though, before I go into the story, because this particular individual, <clears throat> excuse me, was really a huge part of not only my spiritual awakening, but just my process as far as, you know, discovering who I am and, and um, just getting in touch with me. Um, so, you know, again, I'll tell you about a time that I had to trust the process and this goes into how I see was created a little bit, which I'm not going to tell the whole story because we'll save that for a later time. Um, it's a pretty dope story, but, uh, you know, well, it, it's coming. <laughs> we'll, we'll save it though. Um, so, you know, let's, uh, let's get into it. So let's see, where do I start? Um, so back in 2015, in the fall of 2015, um, October to be exact, right? So, you know, the firm's in trouble, kind of flailing at this point. I'm trying to keep up with appearances, right? I'm trying to, you know, maintain this image as this young, successful entrepreneur. Um, and a part of that is, you know, making sure that I'm staying in a lot of these rooms and continuing to get into a lot of different rooms with a lot of people. Um, and so, uh, I, you know, I realize that's all bullshit now, but in the moment it was the most important thing, right? So anyway, somehow I land this meeting and it's at a local school, <clears throat> excuse me. And so I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm having a conversation with the head of school and, and uh, you know, we hit it off. It's a great conversation. And I quickly, you know, become a part of her, her circle of advisors, right? Her go-to people. And um, I'm the youngest person at the time in that particular circle of advisors. And so I get her to sign on as a client. And to me, you know, it's like, hey, another client added to the list. There's great potential here. You know, there's enough buzz around the name. Um, so, you know, if we pull this off, it'll be great for, you know, the company, what we're trying to do, and it'll eventually bring some money in the door, right? Even though I had an immediate need for cash flow. Um, but again, I wasn't confident in my own abilities or, or even in my own value, you know? Um, and so I wasn't really comfortable asking people to pay me for my skills because it's like, I didn't see the value in not only myself but my skill set almost it, it was it's very interesting uh kind of dynamic to exist in but um so you know sign we get her sign we get them signed up and um you guys know me i mean i had to prove myself right 
So I'm doing all the work for free to show them that once I put the price tag on it, it is well worth whatever I'm charging you, right? Which this logic is so fucking backwards now. Like I see it now. It's and there's no wonder a bunch of people took advantage, you know. Um, and I don't say that like I'm the victim. I'm not a victim at all. But um, it's like I made it so easy. It's just it's the craziest shit when I think about it. But um, so you know, I put together this strategic plan, and that was in an effort to try and help them get back on track. Like, hey, this is what's fucked up. This is what you need to work on. This is how I see us getting there, right? So I put together this plan, and um, once the plan was done, I presented it to the client, right? So the client calls a meeting, and they want to review the plan with the, you know, the whole circle of advisors. And so for me, this is my first time meeting a lot of these, these individuals. Um, and now that I'm thinking about it, I believe they were all women, you know, and all women of color, which was, you know, it was dope. It was a great meeting. Um, so, you know, I had no idea, though, how this meeting would completely change the course of my life forever. You know, the person that I was that day when I walked into that meeting, um, that meeting and everything that happened after was the beginning stage of that whole ego death for me and and who I thought that I was in the world, right? Um, very, very, you know, interesting uh, experience to have. But um, I will say this, if you are blessed with a great mentor or mentors, do not take them for granted, you know? Glean as much wisdom from them as you can and take every opportunity that you can to really sit at their feet and take it all in. Really, you know? And I've had many people in my life that I've called mentors, you know, but no one was more impactful than Tom. And, um, you know, I met Tom through his wife who was a consultant at the time. And uh, she was one of the advisors in the client circle, right? So she was also at this meeting and she read the plan and we, you know, we all reviewed it together and um, they followed up with their questions or thoughts or, you know, compliments or praise or whatever was, you know, on their mind to share at that time. And so uh, as Tom's wife is speaking, you know, she took the time to tell me, um, you know, how incredible I was and that I was a powerhouse the thing that stuck out to me she said a lot of stuff but the thing that stuck out to me and got my ears to perk up was when I heard her say you're a powerhouse right because in my mind I was sitting in the room with powerhouses in in their own right so um you know that was just like that blew my mind and um you know the part of me that needed validation so badly was like more than full from, from her compliment. Um, and so we exchanged information and, you know, gave each other, you know, cards and um, said we would connect outside of the meeting, we'd follow up. So a few days later, um, and mind you, I'm in this space where I'm completely um, spiraling out you know, of control. The process of me spiraling out of control is starting. I mean, I'm really sad. I'm really depressed. My anxiety is through the roof. I'm not sleeping. So I'm averaging maybe, you know, two, three hours a night. Um, you know, I mean, I was like a zombie in so many ways. 
and then I put on this face during the day, right? When I had my meetings and when I had, you know, phone conferences or whatever, I'm putting on this face like everything's fine. You know, um, I've got more work than I can handle. And the truth was, I did have more work that I could handle, but it was all free work. So I wasn't getting paid for any of it. So I'm spending all this time. I'm not making any money, not being compensated. Um, and I'm put, but looking back, I'm putting myself in this position, right? No one's making me do any of this shit. It's crazy. So anyway, a few days later, I'm, I'm taking a nap. And my afternoon naps were like my saving grace back then. Um, and so... I wake up and I have a missed call and I have a voicemail. So I listen to it, right? And on the other end, I hear this deep voice. And it's, um, you know, the voice says, I've heard a lot about you. And, um, you know, I want to meet you. And it would be in your best interest to call me back, right? And I'm thinking, like, who the, who the hell is this? You know, calling my phone like this. It's in my best interest, right? So... Um, I'm kind of like, no one had ever left me a message like that. I mean, and been serious, you know? And, uh, so that was Tom. <laughs> so I called back and, um, because I was shocked, but I was intrigued because I'm like, who is this, you know, who is this person? And, um, so I called him back. We spoke briefly. And so he said, you know, my wife hasn't been able to stop talking about you since she met you. And, um, you know, he wanted to see what all the hype was about. You know, I remember him telling me once how he wasn't easily impressed with people, but he wasn't impressed with people for long, typically. And he would tell me, there's something about you that's just extremely impressive, and I don't know what it is. It's, you know, from the way you walk to the way you carry yourself to, you know, um, the way that your mind works. And um, I remember not really being able to take that in at the time. You know, looking at it now, he was just seeing you know, a, a potential version of me or what, what I could be, you know, there was so much unlocked potential in his eyes and in his mind. And he wanted to help me to, to unlock that. So, you know, forever grateful to him, but, um, so back to the phone conversation. So, you know, we're talking, he wants to see what all the hype is about. And, um, before we get off the call, he says, you know, when I call, uh, you should answer. You know, I'm far too important to be ignored. And I remember thinking like, shit, this guy is, you know, he's no joke. So, and, but the tone, a part of me knew that he was joking, but another part of me knew that I should be serious with him, you know, that he wasn't playing about that. Um, and so, you know, I had no idea just how important he would be in my, my spiritual growth and journey. And, um, you know, I'll never forget the night that we uh, that we met, and it was uh, a cold October night. It was raining like crazy, and um, we were going out to dinner, and I just remember it being super cold. I didn't grab a jacket, or well, I didn't grab a heavy jacket. Right, I kind of just wore like a little, you know, light North Face kind of jacket. And um, so I remember it being really, really cold. And Tom was a smoker, right? And so, I mean, he <laughs> he smoked a lot. He smoked like a chimney. And, uh, you know, after smoking for years, he had uh, 
you know, of course he had trouble breathing. So he, um, what struck me, and the reason that I remember this night is because I, I got to his house and I, I pull up and I remember seeing his BMW. He drove a 750, which at one point was my favorite car. So that for me was just, you know, um, a pretty dope moment to see that in the driveway and then think like, oh shit, I'm going to get to, you know, ride in that. Um, and he, I was joking with him that night. And I'm like, you know, you should let me come pick up the keys. And uh, he told me like anytime, just let me know when you want to drive it and you can, you know, you can take it. Um, but that was my first time, you know, riding in, in the 750 and I loved it and it was great. But I remember it being cold because we had to park a little, not too far, but a little far from the restaurant. And I walked fast, right? I have long legs, so I'm, you know, I have a big stride. I'm, I walk pretty fast. And I was walking too fast for Tom. And he's like, you know, you got to slow down. So here I am freezing, right? Walking to the, the restaurant. And, um, but he, you know, the conversation we were having as we're walking to the restaurant was incredible. Um, and he just dropped some serious gems, you know, he's just like, always be, you know, yourself. And when people do things and, you know, if it dishonors you or, or it, um, isn't, you know, if they're not doing right by you, be honest about that, you know, um, and don't apologize for how you feel. You know, they may not like it. They may not even agree with it, but they'll respect it, you know, and it is what it is. Don't back down. I mean, he was just like, and he was like that. He had the kind of energy that when he walked into a room, he could completely command it. I mean, he was a very dynamic individual and, and had a rich life. You know, his experience in life, his experiences rather, were uh, incredible. I mean, he would tell me stories about his travels and um, he, he was just an incredible, incredible influence, an incredible person. So we go to dinner, conversation's great. We go back to, um, we go back to his house and his wife is there by that point. And so uh, we sit there, we get back to his house maybe about eight, eight-ish. And I don't think I left until maybe 10, 10.30. It was pretty late. But we sat there uh, talking. And it was just, it was incredible. It was it was an incredible night. Um, and so what I didn't realize at the time was that Tom saw right through me. You know, with him, you had no choice but to be authentic. I mean, he was a no-nonsense, no-bullshit kind of guy. Um, and he did not suffer fools. I mean, that was not his thing. He don't waste his time. Don't bullshit him, you know, um, because he was the kind of person he'd give you the shirt off of his back, you know, sidebar story, quick sidebar story. Tom was telling me about a time when he lived in New York and, um, he found himself with no money, no means of, you know, taking care of himself. And the person he was working with at the time uh, gave him some money, right? And he was like, 
As he was handing Tom the money out of his wallet, he was telling Tom like a story, right? So Tom's distracted and he's not noticing that this guy is putting, you know, this money in his hand, right? And um, the dope part about the experience is as I was listening to the story, um, Tom was doing the same thing to me. And when I looked down, I had money in my hand. Um, and I remember getting in the car that day and crying because I didn't have a dime to my name. Right? And Tom and his wife were the kind of people, if they had $20 and they needed 10, they would use the 10 for what they needed and they would give the other 10 away. And um, I was so inspired by his generosity that I immediately called someone that I knew needed help and I gave them, you know, some of that, some of that money. So, um, I say all that to say that he was, he was just a giver. He was an incredible, incredible, uh, person. I mean, I was very fortunate to have been able to sit at his feet and to, uh, to know him. And so, um, You know, like I said, he saw right through me and he was the first person in my life that I dealt with and I didn't have to go through my, you know, personality catalog, right? I didn't have to show up as whoever he thought I was. I could just be me. And um, all of his initial advice was geared towards that, towards making me a more authentic version of myself. And, um, you know, I, I'll forever be grateful to him for that and I like I said I always loved how upfront he was I mean he said what he thought and how he felt but it wasn't in a pompous way it was authentic you know it was very loving but it was almost to say if I don't say this to you or if I don't it was more than um if I don't do this I'll be remiss you know it was like if I don't do this I'm dishonoring myself you know um, that's how he, fe he felt so strongly. I mean, if he loved you and thought highly of you, he wanted to give you the best version of himself every single time. And, um, and that's what he did. I mean, incredible, incredible, incredible individual. Um, and so, you know, in all honesty, it would be years before I started to apply the things that Tom taught me. Um, because at that time in my life, I wasn't ready to be the man that he saw. The version of myself, um, you know, that version of me seemed too big, you know, too out of reach. It was like some far-fetched notion, almost. It was like, you know, what the fuck does he see? It was nice to hear it. It was nice to believe that I could one day be that type of person or have impact on someone's life or, or have something worth saying to someone, but... Um, it, it still seemed far-fetched, you know? Um, and so I would go and talk to Tom about my projects that I was working on or things that I wanted to do. And he would always remind me of my brilliance, um, and tell me again and again how I should not be working for free. You know, he understood me wanting to help people. He understood building that portfolio, but he was not a fan of the working for free. Um, that, that wasn't his, you know, that wasn't his go-to. It was mine. 
but um you know he he would always tell me know your price be confident in your price and then deliver you know um great great man so you know of course i didn't listen i've stayed on that cycle for years i continued that cycle for years you know until i didn't anymore and um the reason that i say don't take your mentors for granted is um is because i had no way of knowing how short my time with tom would be you know tom passed away on october 13th of uh, 2017 and you know that's still still stings a little bit but I know that he's with me um, you know he was battling cancer towards the end and it was really the first time that I had watched someone close to me you know pass away and, and really suffer in that way so it was um, had a had a profound impact um, and I went from being too busy in my own self-pity and wanting to hide out and wanting to avoid doing any of the work or avoid the process that, you know, I mean, I would just isolate myself for weeks or months at a time, you know, and Tom might call and we might talk on the phone or, but I wasn't really making much of an effort to go and be with him face to face and really get all of that wisdom and and really take that time right because i was really afraid of who i could potentially become if i listened to him um and not in a bad way but in a way where it's like oh shit like that's a big you know order to fill you know that's a big person to be he thinks that i can be all of these things and it was just like fuck i'm not ready for any of that so i, I was trying to avoid it right and um so he passed away and all at once I thought of all the questions that I still had to ask him you know I thought about all the advice that I still fucking needed you know it was it was rough and I I was hard on myself um I was hard on myself for about a year after he passed away year and a half I mean I just couldn't get over the fact that I you know I'm like you had this he was a guru in my eyes you know, and, and you had all this access to him and you did not use it, you know, you did not use it. But shortly before uh, he passed, um, he called me over to the house and, um, you know, he kept saying, I have this opportunity I want to talk to you about. So he tells me about this application that's being developed. He's, you know, he had already invested in it and had some friends invest in it and it was very promising and the app was dope it was promising um it could have disrupted you know entire industries i mean multiple industries it was crazy and so um you know i told tom like i don't have what it takes to pull that off you know of course he thought otherwise um he's like at least reach out you know to the creator have a conversation you know you give so much of your time and energy and effort into all these long shot projects. And what he's really saying is you focus on all this other bullshit, take a chance on this, you know, it could change your life. And that's what he told me, this could change your life. And um, so I thought, you know, what the hell, let's try it out. So I reach out to the creator and um, and so we talk briefly, you know, about how I may be able to help them. I mean, the project, you know, for the most part seemed pretty promising and um, 
you know, I, I sign on and then Tom passes away, right? Maybe a week after I spoke with the creator, right? Um, so I'm hit with that and all at once everything kind of goes black. So I reach back out to the creator and I'm like, hey, you know, as you know, he was a good, a good friend of yours as well. Um, so you're aware that he's passed and, you know, I, I just, I can't do it. I don't have it in me. Um, to do this right now, you know, I'm not in the red head, the right headspace. And so he understood, and um, it would be another two years before he and I ever spoke, or before we ever spoke again, I should say. And, um, you know, it was this next encounter that taught me that every experience can be used to your advantage, you know, and I didn't know at the time, but I was developing new skills that would create some incredible opportunities for me in the future, right? And that's what taught me that the process unfolds, unfolds throughout the journey, right? So fast forward to 2019, I just started a new firm, a new consulting firm, right? So I'm, I'm back in the game, I'm feeling good, and um, I just felt this pull to get back into consulting. And the opportunities were coming in, I mean, like, crazy and um you know i just had this feeling like it's gonna be different this time you know i was wiser i was doing shit my way you know i was confident so i thought in some ways i still had some of that old baggage that i hadn't dealt with um i had clear boundaries not really that clear but at least they were there you know this time around so i decided i needed some new projects to work on and i reached out to the creator because I'm like, shit, that's a good enough place to start. You know, let's see where he is with that. I haven't seen it on, you know, the app store. So maybe they're still working on it. And so I reach out to him. Um, I shoot him an email. I reintroduce myself. And so he's like, I remember you. You know, I'm so glad that you reached out. Let's set up a call. And so we set up a call. I do the proposal. I send everything over. He accepts it right away. And I start putting together the team, right? And so I had my go-to people at this time that for the past few years, I've been working with this same group, pulling these same people into projects, um, none of which were like working out very well. Some of them would get to certain points and then they would just kind of die, right? So, and in my mind, I thought that I needed those people in order to make the projects I was working on work. You know, it, it's crazy to think about now, but back then, I mean, that's, that's just what I believed. Um, so I get the team together, you know, it's like five or six of us and, um, you know, we, we start talking about how we can take this thing to the next level. And so we worked on the project for a little over two months from like June to August. And when it was time to sign on the dotted line and like solidify everything, you know, shit just wasn't adding up, you know, um, I won't go into too much detail about how it wasn't adding up, but it was not adding up. Um, and so we decide to walk away. We're just gonna walk away from the deal and you know, we'll just keep it pushing. We'll, we'll, there'll be other opportunities, right? So um, the great thing about the experience was that it didn't last as long as it would have in the past. Like before, we probably would have stuck around for six months to a year, holding on to hope and, and waiting for a ship to come in, you know, that was never gonna come. And so after meditating recently, I thought, um, you know, perhaps the entire experience was, you know, the purpose of it was to plant the seed for Indigo Creative. 
right? And so what seemed like a disappointment at the time was actually just a step towards my destiny. You know, the process was unfolding. It is only in um, your reflections, you know, that that's where you see the overall plan. That's where you see the steps that led you to your now moment. That's where they make sense. Like, oh, X had to happen so Y could happen, you know? Or X had to happen so Y could happen and that led me to Z. You know, however you want to come up with it in your head. But, you know, after that deal went south, um, you know, there were talks to continue to build uh, Indigo Creative or IC as you'll hear me refer to it. But um, it was originally, uh, you know, like I said, five or six people. And, you know, I mean, it went from five or six people to two. Um, and so my cousin Misha and I, you know, we decided to partner up and, and move the firm forward. And um, I had gotten like this crazy download about the firm isn't supposed to be what you originally thought. It's actually supposed to be all this shit. And so I wrote it all down and, you know, the rest is history. I mean, we created the plan and we started creating content. And um, the one thing that you have to keep in mind is that the process takes time to unfold. You know, for so long, I was always trying to get through my current experience in order to get to my next best experience. You know, that's that autopilot uh, mindset. You know, you're just moving through the experiences. And I was reliving so many of them and so many toxic cycles because I wasn't aware. I wasn't in the moment. I wasn't awake. You know, I was there, but I wasn't. I was just trying to get to the next best experience. Um, and so... You know, I think about it all the time. I mean, think about this. What if I got to where I am now, right? Into the, you know, I got to this place and this space and, but I did it without the experiences, you know, without those experiences that made me sharp. You know, that's why I'm so grateful for everything that I've picked up along the way, you know? So think about what are the takeaways from your experiences, good or bad? Now, eventually you'll stop placing value judgments on the experiences. They'll just be what they are. They'll just be experiences and you'll just pick out what you need or what you can use from them and you'll let everything else go, right? And it took me a long time to get to that place. And um, in a lot of ways, you know, with this new level of awareness, I feel like I'm just getting started really, right? Um, and so I'm, I'm just grateful for the process. And I realize that in order to grow, you really have to change your perspective. And your perspective is changed through the process. So it all works together. You know, everything that we need to bring our vision to life is found in the process. So just remember, the destination will be what it is. But the journey is what you make it. You know, the journey is the process. And in the tough times, it's easy to get caught up in feeling like, you know, you're losing everything and the walls are crumbling. Like I said, it's hard to trust the process when that light bills do. It's hard to trust the process when they're about to come take your car, you know? But even in that experience, there's something for you to take away, you know? And you build trust in the process as time goes on and you become more aware of how those things are working for you. You know, I pray for purpose. I wanted to know what I was supposed to be doing while I was here, you know, and some of those earth shattering experiences, you know, I later learned were the beginning steps 
you know, the beginning stages of having that prayer answered, you know? And so everything that we go through um, prepares us for what we're trying to manifest, you know? Listen, I failed a lot, and I'm using the word fail just because, you know, for, it's for understanding. But there were a lot of, sh- of things that I tried that um, didn't work out the way that I thought that they would. And so the process taught me that failure is an opportunity to perfect. The things that don't work out, it's okay, you know, because I got something from them. You know, I get something from them, a new skill, portfolio piece, the experience, you know, no experience is a waste. And so here are the takeaways. I'll say it again. Failure is an opportunity to perfect. Okay. No experience is a waste. You can repeat parts of the process until you get the lesson, but you cannot skip any part of the process. It is all necessary. You may not understand it or see it in the moment, but one day you'll be able to. All right. Your inner standing is developed and honed in the process. And we'll get into inner standing versus understanding. All right. And lastly, I'll leave you guys with this. Hard times are stepping stones towards our heart's truest desires. They are a part of the process that prepares us so that when we reach our desired destination, we're able to sustain it. Your reward for overcoming your last challenge, which a challenge is just an opportunity, right? Is your next challenge or opportunity. You know, you're still here. There's still something for you to do. You know, you have a 100% success rate of overcoming challenges of seizing moments and taking advantage of opportunities. You made it to the next, you made it to the other side. You know, whatever it was, you survived it. You're an overcomer. Apply what you learned in the process and continue to move forward. Thank you for listening. Until next time, be well, stay safe, and many, many, many blessings. I'd like to take this time to dedicate this episode to Tom Deering. Thank you for everything. I honestly don't know who I'd be today if it weren't for, um, you know, my connecting um, with you. And you were a great guide, a great mentor, a great friend. Um, There's not a day that goes by that I don't think about you that I don't long for some of your advice. Um, But I know that you're still here with me. And um, yeah, I'm forever grateful. I hope that I made you proud.